0: And I'll say, oh, it's a wonderful day, and we got trail magic, and the sun was shining, and the birds were chirping, and nobody cares. But I write a blog post about how I thought I was going to die from hypothermia in a rainstorm, and, and it was sleeting and hailing, and you know I tripped and fell, and I thought I broke my leg, and then I crawled into my tent and you know, hated life. And they're like, yes, tell me more about how you almost died. You know? <laughs>
1: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we talk to athletes, adventurers, and business owners from around the world of adventure sports. Whether you're climbing Mount Everest, starting a bike shop, or getting up off your couch to take your kids hiking for the first time, we want you to have the motivation and inspiration you need to chase that next adventure. The Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by Camp Crate, the leaders in fully planned self-guided backpacking adventures, as well as backpacking gear rental. You can check them out at campcrate.net. So in today's interview, we kind of just jump right into it. Uh, We were talking for a while, Dixie and I, before I press record. So I'm just going to give a little background here. She is a triple crowner, meaning she's done the Appalachian Trail, Continental Divide Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. And uh, before she did her AT, a friend encouraged her to start vlogging while she was out there. So she just would whip out her phone, record a little bit, and post it when she had service um, or got internet. And yeah, it's grown from there. She runs this YouTube channel called Homemade Wonderlust. I'd love if you go check it out. She has great how-to stuff. Uh, She's just... You know, She's got this Southern accent. It's really comforting for a lot of people, I think, is one reason it's grown, and it's just great stuff. Um, She obviously knows what she's doing, and uh, her channel has just grown into something she never imagined it would, and uh, that's how we found her. I was looking up something, a how-to video, and and hers were just so informative, so down to earth, and uh, kind of separated itself from all the just onslaught of information that's out there. And so we had her on the show to talk about how that came about. What's her philosophy? What kind of things, you know, do most people get rid of in the first few weeks of their trip—a backpacking trip or bikepacking or, or whatever kind of long-distance trip you're doing? And uh, yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, what life is like after you get back from a trail or from a big trip. You know, a lot of the principles that you have out there can be brought back home so that you don't have to get sucked into that post-trail depression. But it was a great conversation. I really hope you enjoy it and check out her page, support her if you'd like uh she's she's fantastic and I also wanted to say, you know our adventure grant application is closed we uh We had it open for two solid months, and man, the response was overwhelming i 'm so stoked to to start talking about some of the entries, talking about the finalists, and ultimately announce a winner here on the show in mid-June, who will be getting a $1,000 from us um, that is being funded by Athletic Brewing, and also going to be interviewed on the show once their trip's complete. So I'm really, really excited about that, and uh, thank you if you've applied, and good luck. Uh, If you didn't, pretty good bet we'll be doing this again. So... All right, well, like I said before, Athletic Brewing has funded the Adventure Grant, and they also sponsor the show, uh, They're non-alcoholic craft beer, and they are just an awesome product. Uh, If you you really love the taste of craft beer and want the different flavors and, and, and with the seasons, but don't want, you know, maybe the effect of alcohol for whatever reason, they're an awesome option. And we also have CS instant coffee, you know, after that's two things I like, I like beer and I like coffee. So after that, if I'm out on the trail and I need a quick, really good coffee, I can use CS instant coffee. They come in little single serve packets, fantastic stuff. Uh, Check them out. There is discounts with both of those companies in the show notes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, Uh, choosing us. Feel free to share the episode and last month was their best month of all time. Let's do it again. Let's keep this show growing. There's so many things I want to talk about because you cover your videos are so. I just watched the uh, the post post trail depression, and holy cow, that is. I mean, it's it's I've taught every almost everyone we ever have on this show experiences that. Cause they do yeah. the most incredible things then have to go back home and yeah. you know, a lot of times that place is not exciting you know it's, no, it's the midwest it's the, or, or or some other you know just very desolate area that isn't nearly alabama, as exciting
0: i mean even you know <laughs> there, there are outdoors activities here but i mean alabama is not like in the top 10 list of states that i would travel to in the u.s if i wanted to see something that would blow my mind you know <laughs> So I get it.
1: Uh, you now, I read that you're from Florida originally. Yes. Where are you from in Florida?
0: Um, down, I was born in Melbourne, but I, I was in West Palm Beach from the ages of like two to 14. So when I started high school, I moved up to Alabama. Wow.
1: wow. Totally yeah. different world. I'm from central Florida as well. Yes. People grew up there. Oh,
0: whereabouts? In, uh,
1: Polk County, um, Lakeland.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. There's a
1: little town called Frostproof. That's oh, that's in. a
0: cute name that's yeah, a cute, it's a cute little town
1: and uh but we're yeah. out in Denver now um but
0: I miss Denver
1: y- oh, yeah, you lived there too didn't you? I read that on your uh, website. You miss Denver, huh?
0: I do. I lived in Inglewood
1: oh yeah, uh, that's where we moved when we first moved here right next to Inglewood high School.
0: Oh, okay. I was on Corona street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: exactly
1: yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so so Man, what, so what got you? World, yeah. Right? That's crazy. So what took you back to Alabama from, from Denver, which seems to be more kind of in your interests?
0: Yeah. Um, the Appalachian trail. So I, I was quitting my job. I'm actually sitting here drinking out of, cause I was working in the oil field. And so I'm sitting here drinking out of my Halliburton coffee mug right now. And I, I just love to look at it as I'm doing something that has to do with backpacking, you know, because Uh I I gave up that um, career as an engineer and especially my job with them was not, um, the job wasn't bad, but the, the politics and the, you know, this is a man's world kind of thing was very real there. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm used to working with men and hanging out with guys because of, I was an engineer, you know? And, uh, but anyway, so I quit my job with them to say, you know what? I'm going to take a little walk in the woods and kind of reboot. And so I moved back to Alabama because I, I have a little old mill house here uh, that was my grandparents. So it's nothing fancy by any means, but the taxes are about $100 a year. <laughs> so oh. it works out. And uh, so this is my cheapest storage unit I've ever had. And so I I um, just kind of came back here and then decided to go start my through hike on the AT.
1: Wow. And that now does living there or at least having home base there allow you kind of the freedom to go and do more trips more often?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. That's and I mean, the
0: important. house... The house is... Like I said, not fancy. I don't even have showers. It's bathtubs. I have two, two bathtubs in there, but you know, I have a little spigot thing that I hook up to the faucet so I don't have to put my hair in my butt water. But so it's not like, uh, you know, a really nice place. I live below my means. I drive the same truck that I had, um, right out of high school. I got it in 2004. So, I mean, I, I don't have house payment or truck payment, but bless their hearts. They're not necessarily pretty to look at. So.
1: God bless their hearts. You sound <laughs> like my mother. I know what that <laughs> means. I know what that means. <laughs> no, it's just, well, I, I started seeing your videos just popping up on my YouTube recommendations and thought, man, we got to get her on here to talk about some stuff. She's just, I don't know. You, I, it, I think the accent really breaks down barriers for people. Because people claim I have a little bit of a Southern accent and just a little, but not nothing it's like this. It's
0: there. <laughs> There's a hint. The hint is
1: there. Yeah, I got a hint. I don't have a hint. I have a hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing with you. But wow, so let's see what was our topics. I'm so sorry that we're kind of all over. The oh place. no, that's okay. We're very we're that's very fine. laid back podcast, but it works for us. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, I mean, you cover all kinds of videos on your YouTube page, um, but you but you seem to be someone that's really how-to oriented and, uh, make basically makes it seem very approachable. Um, and, and, and you do a lot of series on gear and, in all honesty, we don't talk about gear on the show a lot just because I, I, I've always done trips on really, really cheap used gear. And I always feel like gear, I don't know, kind of prevents people from being able to do the trip because there's this pressure to have the best of the best or don't do it at all. Yes. Right but I was out there and you, and you learn. And, and so love to hear your take on what gear people ditch first and what gear is really, you know, really is crucial and what isn't.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, I think the way that, well, now that we have Facebook and all the used gear groups, I think that that helps um, some better gear, be a little bit more accessible if you're on a lower budget. Um, so that, that is a good thing, but absolutely starting out with some of that heavier stuff from Walmart or Academy sports and outdoors just to get out there and then realize what do I actually want in a tent? And then once you save up, you can, you know, invest the money into, into a lighter piece of gear. But yeah, some of the stuff I wanted to talk about is just, I, I think that when people go, on their first backpacking trip, sometimes they think that it's almost like they're going into a survivalist situation. Like I'm going to go into the woods and I'm going to camp out and have this like bug out location and I have to survive, which that's not, that's not really what it is. You know, I mean, it can be if you want to practice those types of things. Um, but when you're going on a backpacking trip, you really just need the things to keep you alive and comfortable from point A to point B. And something that I have come to realize over time is that backpacking and through hiking aren't necessarily the same. Like not, not all backpackers are through hikers, but all through hikers backpack, I guess is how it would, it would be worded. So I think that through hikers are willing to be a bit more uncomfortable, um, for the sake of having lighter weight because they're doing it for such a long period of time. Where when, when you're going on a weekend trip or a week-long trip, then you might have the mentality of a thru-hiker like, I want to get as many miles in as I can because I want to see everything I can. So you might go on the lighter side. But if you're just, I really want to enjoy more at camp and see a little bit but take longer breaks and stuff, then fine. You can have more luxury items that weigh down your pack a little bit more. So... Um, but one of the things that I started noticing is there were the same types of items in a hiker box on a through hike. And so I think that a lot of those items, people realize I don't actually need this. I just thought that I would want it while I was out there. So, um, and I'm sure, you know, if anybody that's been backpacking has probably made, I I won't say these mistakes, but carried things that they didn't actually need. So, so yeah, uh, one of the, One of the first things I think that people, um, well, obviously too much food and too much water the first time you go out there, (laughs) like way too much, Um, because I think that people pack their fears. But uh, an excessive Hmm. med kit is definitely something that I've seen in hiker boxes, just all sorts of medical supplies, um, oodles and oodles of Band-Aids, because I don't know if you've ever learned, but Band-Aids don't really stay attached very well, especially (laughs) if you're using them for blisters on your feet. So... You know, a piece of gauze is going to do better with some medical tape or things like moleskin, uh, even Leuko tape. But yeah, an excessive med kit. I've seen pack shakedowns done with a nurse who had saline solution in her pack. Um, uh, there have been like gunshot wound kits, <laughs> just things oh like that. Gosh. Where you're, so, So I think that, you know, if you're just kind of getting into the world of backpacking, I'm not saying that you shouldn't carry some sort of medical supplies. Uh, But I think that to help you reduce the weight, that if you look at the common injuries that backpackers will endure while on a trip and cover just those basics, and then if you're really worried about something detrimental happening, you can always get a personal locator beacon, um, you know, that you can hit a button and call for help, a spot device in reach, et cetera, you know, for the, the bigger, more serious issues, of course. Um also a large knife, like a Rambo knife. <laughs> it's just like people go out there with swords sometimes, you know, and I'm like, what are you gonna do with that? Um I think that just to be able to cut some summer sausage or whatever is is really all you need. Now, with that said, my friend Perk who uh, is also a triple crowner on the CDT. He wanted to carry a Rambo knife. He said, "You know what? I'm carrying this because I just want to. But I think just knowing that it, it's not a necessity um, is good. And the same thing like multi tools. And people get really upset with this one. They're like, "I'm taking a multi tool. You're not stopping me. It's like you should. You should carry whatever you want to. It'll make you feel happy and comfortable, and you know, uh, not afraid that you're gonna not have the things that you need but i saw a lot of multi-tools getting ditched
1: man um well, saws. Yeah, i guess you don't really need the tools aspect more of like yeah. a knife potentially right sli- so a blade just is really enough. probably the most crucial piece of that yep i mean you're not really you don't need a screwdriver a phillips head or a flathead anywhere out there <laughs> yeah. i don't think
0: <laughs> I, I think the only one time i saw a screwdriver used was somebody was fixing their trekking poles and they actually did end up needing it but I'm like, you probably could use the end of your spork or your knife. I know that's a good way to break the tip off of a knife, but that's the only one time in three long distance trails that I saw somebody need a screwdriver. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen, right. but uh, he didn't absolutely have to have that trekking that one trekking pole. It could have waited till the next town, you know, mm, if, if yeah. he had to. Um, bear bells. <laughs> that's something that people might, might carry one time and then they ditch it. I've actually tried to read some of the studies on that and, Um, it seems like there really is no association with that being something that, that scares them off. I think just noise in general, you know? Um, but I would, I would drive myself mad, uh, with bells, and, and I'm sure all the people around me, um, let's see, camp chairs, (laughs) um, are things, you know, again, it could be a luxury item if it's really small that somebody that's going on a shorter trip might enjoy, but, um, on a longer trek, it just, You can find something, a rock, a log, and people even take those little foam sit pads, you know, to kind of add some cushion back there. Um, How about you? Have you seen any of these things so far that I've...
1: Well, I mean, I'm kind of more of a bike packer. Um, Yeah.
0: So you can do...
1: And I can carry a little bit more, but it's... I don't know if you... I'm sure you know a lot about it but you know it's a lot like backpacking very similar gear just with the bike and it's trails roads combination and man my first trip (laughs) i was that person i probably had (laughs) i bet my bike just the bike and all the gear was over 100 pounds and which is crazy i I mean i have zero experience with anything with with trail riding or backpacking i was in college and broke his dirt and i had been camping as a kid like out of a car that's it man i had my best friend who's whose girlfriend at the time um now they're married but she was a nurse she gave us a medical i bet it was it was like a toolbox that was that was our first aid kit this, oh my it was gosh! yeah. the size of a tackle box, like a fishing tackle box, yep. like a lunch box. And we carried that full of... We probably had 40, 50 saline shots in there. And we ended up oh my giving gosh. it all to this RV park like two weeks into this trip in Alaska. Yep. We had yoga mats. We had t- 10 pair of clothes. We had no clue yes. what we were doing. And we ended up giving it all away for $20 at an RV park. Not giving, I guess we sold it technically, but
0: sold it, yeah. yeah. It was
1: so funny to see what you needed and didn't. Now I can, I now I think the bike I can carry like ten pounds worth of stuff, and and I'm fine for. The only thing I do carry a lot of is food because I we used to run out all the time, so I'm kind of traumatized by being you know (laughs) starving out there on the Alaskan highway, but. Yeah, it's so funny what you think you need before you leave. And bear, yeah. p- people bought me Bear Bells, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So everything you've said, I've definitely been a victim of at some point. But
0: yep, a I got out of, there. That's great. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's the thing is, and so I'm not making fun. You know, if if somebody was planning on going on their first backpacking trip tomorrow and was like, oh, no, I have some of that stuff. You know, you have to figure out what you want to call out what's worth it to you what you're comfortable with you know doing without and uh uh, one of the things on my list that i would see a lot in hacker boxes would be plates bowls cups like cookware Mm. you know and um you think that you need like this big mess kit but really you can get by with just one little pot that that boils your water it can also act as a cup for coffee um but I like to carry a collapsible mug. So I carry a designated cook pot and a separate mug because I like to be able to eat whatever's in my pot and drink tea or coffee at the same time. So you learn what you what you don't want to live without. Uh, camp pillows are, are like inflatable pillows mm-hmm. for camp. That's something else that some people will swear by those. They can't get a good night's sleep without them, but a lot of people are, decide that that's too many ounces for something that's really not serving a purpose when they could just put their clothes in their clothes bag and use that as a pillow you know so it's it's really reducing your pack weight i think whether you're bikepacking, backpacking whatever is trying to find dual purposes for all of your gear items or at least most of them
1: what's a what's a good example of something that you have for a purpose that might not be obvious to someone who's never done this Hmm. That might put you on the spot. Sorry. You can that's a good question. Your
0: no, you're no, you're fine. I'll, I'll I try mean, to think maybe, of something too. Yeah. Well, like I was talking about your clothes bag. I mean, people are like, "Oh, that's a bag that my clothes go in," but it it could also be a pillow. Um. But I know that there are some things that I. Uh, yeah. That
1: I actually do that. I I use my I carry a hydration pack when bike packing because I don't need to carry a backpack, but it holds three liters of water and it's ah. kind of bent kind of like angled around my back. So at night I will stuff some clothes in that and that's my pillow Nice, um, rather than yeah. having a separate pillow. And, 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 there's also water right there if I need it with the straw, but I have slept on it and let all the water out in my sleeping bag all night, but.
0: Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, some people will carry Nalgene's. I think that they're, you know, pretty, pretty, yes, they're durable, but they're kind of heavy when you could do something like a smart water bottle with a sawyer squeeze on top of it to filter your water. But, you know, Nalgene's, if you were insistent upon carrying one of those because you were drinking out of a life straw or something like that. Right. um, right. I know folks have heated up water and put it at their toe box in their sleeping bag for the night to keep their feet warm. But just having that much water inside my sleeping bag, I couldn't do it. I would be so worried that it would come unscrewed somehow (laughs) and spill out everywhere. But... But I've heard Let's of see. people doing that. I
1: actually do that. Uh, my I, pack I boil water and oh, put it in an Nalgene and then uh, put it at my feet. I just get I get really cold, so it, it helps.
0: I do too. So you've never had any issues with it leaking or no, not? Or a Nalgene. Like um,
1: I have yeah. done it with like a normal water bottle, and that, that would leak. Um, oh no! Nalgene's yeah, has always been pretty good.
0: I have a short sleeping pad that it goes from my head to my knees, and I put my pack under my legs um but so i guess my pack is part of my sleeping pad um because uh, since the well the sleeping pad being shorter saved four ounces and i still want some kind of cushion up under my legs because from my knee to my knees to my feet there is nothing and it helps keep it warmer too you know that way it's not just resting on the ground so so that's something else you know my mom's going um backpacking with me this summer. And I asked her, do you want the shorter sleeping pad or do you want the full length? And she said, I don't want to do that. I want the full length. And you know, when (laughs) I first started, I wanted the full length too, but I found a way to shave off four ounces. and, And so I could carry something else that I wanted or, you know, it's, it's all just kind of this game of, of how comfortable can you be while still like, as far as at camp at night, Um, and just general comfort versus how comfortable are you with the weight in your pack while you're hiking during the day. And I think that for everybody, if you were to graph it, there would be some certain point that the two lines intersect, that that's your, you know, that's where you have to be at, but it's different for everybody.
1: Is there a particular piece of gear that you just love gravitate towards is like, Oh, it's just so useful, light and, and, um, just convenient.
0: Huh. I mean, uh, not really. I guess I, everything that I have, I, I pretty much love because it, I don't, I don't carry a whole lot of extra stuff. Um, I would say maybe something that I carry that I really don't want to be without, but it's definitely not a necessity is baby powder. Um, because I, I like to use it in my hair cause I don't like my hair being all greasy. Maybe I'm a girly girl for that, but I just like to be able to and it, I don't know, it smells better. And I could also put it on my body to smell better. And in a pinch, it'll help with chafing. Also, it helps to keep, you know, your feet dried out. So and your shoes not smelling so rotten. Um, So that's kind of the thing that I will usually always carry while I'm backpacking that I think has, you know, several purposes and is worth a little bit of extra weight for me. As far as gear, I think the only thing that I could really just, coal and and still get by with would be my um sea to summit cup the little collapsible cup because i don't need that but i just want it (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it's got the little measured marks in there so if you're fixing a pasta size you don't have to guess what is a cup and a half you know you know
1: athletic brewing is pioneering non-alcoholic craft beer Yeah, I said non-alcoholic craft beer. And there's a number of reasons you might want to do that. Whether you're training for an event, which a lot of our listeners are or you know if you if you're babysitting and don't want to be drunk in case something happens i mean stuff happens but you still want to sit down and enjoy the game and have a beer this is an incredible option for a full flavored full-bodied beer each can is only 50 to 70 calories with ipa golden ales stouts and tons of seasonal offerings athletic brewing is a great option if you want that craft brewery taste Uh, but not deal with the effects of alcohol itself. Uh, If you'd like to save 15% on your first order, go to athleticbrewing.com and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout. This episode is also sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, one hundred percent Arabica coffee with compostable packaging, and you can find them at csinstant.coffee and use adventure at checkout for twenty percent off. I was gonna ask you what so what is your kind of what is your backpacking kit look like now? I'm sure I mean there ain't, there ain't a whole lot to it, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: No, um, I have, you know, a pretty, a pretty lightweight pack. I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly not, um, an ultra lighter mainly because I freeze. Uh, I'm, I'm cold natured. So I'm, you know, I know a lot of folks won't sleep or don't have sleeping clothes at night or they'll sleep in what they hike in. And, and I just, I can't, I have to have something warm to sleep in at night. Um, and I don't do without Rain pants, you know, I have to have rain pants because some nights I end up sleeping in my base layers, in my puffy and in my rain clothes because I, I just get cold um, and that's in a 10 degree bag. So maybe if I I got a, a warmer bag, it would be better. I, I might not need all that. But then you're offsetting with the weight of the bag. And then also I carry um, different camera equipment. I have these little moment lenses that attach to my iPhone. And it's, they have a certain case moment has a case that, you know, allows those lenses to attach. So I like, I like taking pictures. I like capturing things. Um, I also have a little Sony RX100 camera that I carried on the last hack. And, uh, so I guess I'm willing to add some extra electronics for capturing the experience of the trail. Um, so that's why I'm trying to offset all of this Gear that I have to have to live, you know. <laughs> right, so, right. Shaving four ounces off the sleeping pad and and going with a a lightweight sleeping bag and and I I I don't know. Like I said, the baby powder, you know, I do like to carry some toiletries. I don't carry deodorant though. That I think is another thing that people tend to hmm. to ditch pretty quickly. Do you carry it with you? backpacking
1: (laughs) i i hardly wear it at home so heck no honestly. i don't either
0: (laughs) i don't either at all if if i'm going somewhere real fancy like i'll go ahead and put on some deodorant you know if i'm like if i have to go to a wedding or funeral i guess i won't make those people around me suffer but otherwise i really don't wear deodorant anymore that is
1: too funny no i i I haven't put it on today Uh, i know i I feel like i'm being a little too open with my listeners but last night my wife got home and I'm like I'm like I feel like I stink and so I, I put on some deodorant and it was like 8:30 at night and I was like <laughs> what's the point what's That's... the point now but yeah. yeah
0: I'm pretty sure she loves you regardless so well when we met
1: I was had probably not showered in two weeks so I guess she was kind of set her up for that
0: she knew what she was getting herself into
1: nothing's changed so That's funny. So yeah. So anything else that you think is like really pushed or kind of a misconception when it comes to when you finally get out there and go for it?
0: I I mean, that's pretty much everything that that I have seen. Uh, There probably are other things. And it's hard to remember sometimes, once you've been doing something for a while, which you didn't know before you started, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's those are the things that I commonly saw also instruments, you know, but as far as anything that people preach, like you have to have this, I would say extras of everything. So a lot of people think that, you know, two lighters isn't enough. You need some other type of fire starter, you know, but, but I have never, I have never. And I'm, and I'm not saying there isn't an instance where that could possibly happen, but you cannot literally prepare for every single thing that could possibly happen to you while you're on trail. You just have to look at the, the most, common things that are likely to happen and kind of prepare for those, but even extra water treatment, you know, my pot and my stove. Oh, that's another thing. I can't, I can't not have hot meals. So that's another reason I could never get my base weight below 10 pounds. I don't think, but, um, but you know, you don't need two water filters, especially if you're cooking, you know, if you have a, a pot and a stove, then you can always boil water if you have to, you know, uh, So again, just trying to figure out the dual purpose of the items that you already have. So you don't need 10 fire starters, three Rambo knives. um, Again, the excessive med kit, um, just uh, an extra flashlight. You know, if you have a headlamp and an extra set of batteries, if you're going to be out for a little while, if you have a cell phone, it also has a flashlight on there. You know, so I mean, when you're in a pinch, you can figure out how to do things if you had to just go to bed before it was completely dark outside then then that's what you do you know i mean so i don't know i I think that certainly for folks just starting out it's good to make sure you have you know the 10 essentials of of hiking or backpacking um Mm -hmm. but i think that you can improvise on some of that stuff once you get more experience and, and you feel comfortable doing so
1: i agree i absolutely agree and i think you'd agree too it's uh one of the beauties about being out there that I've found is the ability to have a chance to improvise. Like when something breaks, like I remember my headlight, my headlight broke on my bike and then my cyclic computer went out and we had to follow these very detailed turns through these trails. And it took a lot of ingenuity for my partner and I to figure out where to go and when we literally strapped a cell phone to the front of the bike with the light on, I remember, and it, it was just absolutely bonkers. We looked ridiculous, but it was just an incredible chance to prove your resourcefulness, if that makes sense. Right. Which was more no,
0: absolutely
1: enjoyable looking back than if everything would have gone right.
0: Exactly. I always say that that the the, the worst days make the best stories. You know, it's like the, they do. I mean, because and even. Even people don't want to hear the good stuff necessarily. I was talking to a girl that I was hiking the CDT with and and she said, "I'll write a blog post and I'll say, "Oh, it's a wonderful day and we got trail magic and the sun was shining and the birds were chirping and nobody cares but I write a blog post about how I thought I was going to die from hypothermia in a in a rainstorm and and it was sleeting and hailing and then you know I tripped and fell and I thought I broke my leg and then I crawled into my tent and you know, hated life. And they're like, yes, tell me more about how you <laughs> die You know,
1: it's
0: just, I don't know. It's just so funny. Um
1: We love drama. But that's
0: the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I guess, and, I guess I, I we say really this do.
1: on the show a lot. Most of the stories, we have people on the stories. Most of them are tragic, tragic stories in the sense of pain and friction. Um, not tragedy yeah. at the end, but uh great pain leads to great art. And people want yeah. to see great art and hear about great art. And, um, for you to be able to providing these how-to videos and, and kind of comments on how to get out there and make their own stories. It's an incredibly valuable service.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I, I just want everyone to get out there and ruin their lives like I did, you know, it's the best (laughs) thing ever. And I, I mean, it is because it makes you feel alive when you're out there and something hurts or you're cold or you're hungry and it and maybe it's kind of a sick way of doing it, but it really makes you appreciate the the modern comforts of the society we live in today once you get home i mean i th- I think that we take so much for granted until you have to walk for a few days in the rain because now i don't even I don't want an umbrella I don't need an umbrella because all I'm doing is walking from my truck into a store and back out. if it's raining a little bit I- I'm okay I'm not gonna die in that little bit of rain, you know um, I, I think to myself now when I get rained on, I don't have to sleep in this tonight. How wonderful is that? I don't have to be walking in this except to go in the store right now. That's so great. And when I go to the bathroom, I appreciate the flushing toilet and the running water that I don't have to filter. And and so I think kind of putting yourself out there back to where we actually came from as humans really makes you appreciate how far we've come.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I can, I sit around and and get frustrated in life trying to, you know, things are stressful, but nothing's really, none of my stresses are survival based or they're really luxury based, I guess. Everything that I kind of stay up about at night, you know, like how far along can I get, you know, compared to my peers. And and it's, you don't really realize it's happening until you get out there and do something like this and it kind of recenters you and you realize I don't need to pursue any of that.
0: Exactly. It, it's being outside in nature teaches you really what's important. I feel like it teaches you to reprioritize and to not spend so much time and energy on things that you can't actually control or influence and to actually channel your energy toward things that you can control and you can influence. And, um, you know, I, I get, I've talked about before I get mad when it's been raining for several days or I'm trying to set up my tent and, you know, the tent's whipping in the wind or, um, I don't know, things like that happen that I can't control the weather. I can be mad at it and I can yell at it and it's not going to change anything. And I feel like all the time, that's what people are doing on Facebook. Oh, I'm going to write a status and yell about something, but are you actually changing anything or, you know, is it like an echo chamber? You're just, telling all your friends and they're like, yeah, you know, and then, and you just spend all this time upset about it. It could be, you know, an election, politics, just anything, unless you can actually have some influence or change it, then is it worth putting all of that energy into?
1: And yeah, that um, frustration. Wow. That's good. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way being, being from the South, I feel the same way about sports a lot of times. Uh, (laughs) It can give you, I, I, there's nothing wrong with getting into a game, like really getting into a game, but there's, I I know people that they will, it'll ruin, it'll ruin their week. Their children are scared of them if their college football team doesn't win. It's like, that's how upset they get. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, what, what is this, what is this doing to you and your family and how much control do you really have over
0: it? Well, it's funny that you also have that experience because my little sister will not watch football with my dad in the room, period. She just is not going to do it because he gets so heated about it. And I know for myself, I went to uh, the Auburn game when we played uh, Oregon for the national championship Mm -hmm. and I was sick. I couldn't even eat my nachos. I had to throw them away because I was so nervous about the game. And it, and it's, and it can be fun, like you said, yeah, and, and that's, something that's, that's fun. fun to be involved I, mm-hmm. in. But when your day changes because they lost, like when your mood physically change, when you are different because of something that you had literally no control over, unless you're like a a billionaire and you could have, you know, bought a better coaching staff or something, then you know, I mean, it's just it's silly. And when you really step away from it, it you realize how silly that is, and. After backpacking for, uh, well, a year and a half, you know, living out there in the wilderness, I don't really care about football as much anymore. I still love the Auburn Tigers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll still watch the games, but if they lose, it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, and turn off the TV. Oh, well, they're going to play again tomorrow or next week and they'll play again next year and the year after and the year after. And after I'm dead, they'll still be playing. So it's not. Something that affects the temperature of my pool at all. Yeah, really. that's good. Well, I think too that so the stuff that we were talking about, you know, the gear that people tend to cull along the way. I think that spending that time in the outdoors teaches you to cull other things in life too, not not just gear, but unnecessary things like that, or even you know, friendships. Like I found myself after coming back from thru hiking that if I was in a friendship where it wasn't something where we were like trading energy or trading, you know, like being there for each other and helping each other. Cause you know, there are those people in life that are just energy suckers and it's, they just take and take and take from you. And so learning to, to call some of that clutter out of your life too. I don't, I don't need this, you know, bad thing in my life that just sucks energy and, and it doesn't, do any good, you know? And, um, so learning to get some of rid of of that too. And, and I don't know about you, if you went home after some of these trips and just started throwing away stuff in your house, but I do that. (laughs) It's like, I don't need this junk.
1: Yeah. It's, I'd say it's, it's crazy how the longer I'm away from a trip, the, the less, the, the more it wears off that need. And then it hits me like, what the heck has happened? I don't need all this stuff. Yep. And then immediately after a trip, you do really unclutter your life. And and there's yeah. nothing more, I don't know, disheartening than when you get back home and the people around you just, you can't even begin to fathom what you've gone through and and, and you realize like, yeah, this person doesn't do anything for, you know, and, and, and it feels selfish because, you know what I mean? Like some people... It does
0: sound selfish.
1: You know, toxicity. I mean, some people I just can't get away from. Like if my brothers are toxic to me, I mean, they're my <laughs> brothers, you know, or my mother or dad right. or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are times where friends and family and are going to go through things where they need you and can't, you know, give you much at the time. I, and I don't mean it in in if you're not getting... if if this person's not giving you anything, get rid of them, not that, but just trading, you know, trading that give and take and, and that energy between two people is, is important because otherwise you're just maintaining a relationship that you're literally pouring yourself into and you're not getting anything back. And that, that's just exhausting after a while. And I think it's okay to be selfish in that way to go. This is not any benefit in my life. Just like this piece of gear in my pack is no benefit to my hike like it's got to go this this furniture at my house is not doing anything but collecting dust and and being burdensome it's got to go and and so i think all of a lot of the lessons that you learn on trail relate back to you know normal day life so
1: and and if you don't mind if you have the time i'd love to hear some a little bit of how when what was the idea to take this and turn it into a a youtube channel that has gained a really big following and and how is that has would did that surprise you and or is this the goal that you had with it
0: no i did not think this would happen (laughs) at all if you if you had asked me when i started the Appalachian trail you know or if you had told me uh that backpacking in general would kind of become my career, if you will, or or my thing that I do, um, I would have laughed. <laughs> I would have been like, "What?" Wow. Um, but I mean, because right now I've been on three backpacking trips: the AT, the PCT, and the CDT. So <laughs> those are the only ones I've been. On. Um, but I, I, I just the way it all started. I was I was heading out to do the Appalachian Trail, and I think it was probably just a few days to a week before I was leaving. And a friend of mine that I went to school with at Auburn, she said, "Uh, "Have you thought about vlogging?" And I told her, "Well, I have a blog." And she said, "No vlogging." And I said, "Well, what is that?" And she said, "Well, it's you know basically like a blog, but you're you're gonna put out videos." And um, and I told her, "No, I hadn't thought of that because I didn't even really know that that was a thing." And and so she wanted to work on her editing skills. She had never really edited, and she was just like taking video of her dog just to learn to edit, you know, so she said, your backpacking experience would be much more interesting for me to edit. So, um, why don't you just start taking some videos when you get out there and send them back to me? And so I told her I would. And I mean, immediately the first day when I was at Immaclola Falls and I started and I, I had left my parents at the little archway there and I mean I was crying my eyes out like I was I just thought what in the world am I getting myself into and <laughs> oh, so man. I pulled out my phone and I'm like you know what this is I need to document this cuz I knew I wanted to document the good and the bad and and everything because I wasn't approaching it like oh I'm an expert I was approaching it like I have no freaking idea what I'm doing but hey y'all can watch this train wreck happen <laughs> as it does and honestly, I only thought that my friends and my family would watch the videos. Um, but people started subscribing. And one day while I was out there, um, uh, the girl called and she said, do you know that you have a thousand subscribers? And I asked her if that was good. I was, I just said, you know, is that a good number? I don't i know. I really haven't been keeping up with it. And she said, that's pretty good for just starting. And, uh, then by the time I was done, um, I knew I kind of wanted to continue it because I had enjoyed so much capturing the experience and capturing nature. And, um, I knew that there were other people that had been encouraged to get out and go either on weekend trips or to also do a through hike And so I just kind of wanted to keep that going, but I, I wasn't going to video myself driving to my part-time jobs, you know? <laughs> um, so, but then people started asking questions, you know, what pack did you wear or, Um, what sleeping bag did you use? And so I just started kind of doing topics to hopefully help people who were also wanting to get out there. And I I mean, at this time the channel was not making any money, maybe $40 a month or something like that. So it was really just because I, I wanted to share that with people. I was answering all these emails. So I thought, well, why not put it out there and and share it all at one time? That way um, I can answer a lot of people at one time. And, um, so I just kept doing that, and then, I mean, if you had asked me when I was on Mount Katahdin at the end of the Appalachian Trail, "Are you aiming to hike another long distance trail?" I would have said, "No, absolutely not. I'm beat. This was great and fun, but I'm done." But about two months later, I knew that two I had months. to get back out there. <laughs> just two <Yep>. months. <laughs> That's two months.
1: Two months later. Goes.
0: In. Yep. It was. It was by Christmas. I thought. I, I have to get I have to get out of this normal life thing again. And it was crazy because when I first got home, I was so full of energy and life and passion for living and and that started slowly disappearing and it, and it's like I needed that fix again to get back out to the trail. And so um so I did. And then after the PCT, um it started to become more of okay, this is my job now and I think I can actually make this something that I can continue to do and, you know, it'll, and it'll pay for itself. So, um, and so that's, that's kind of how it happened. It was all kind of by accident and just me wanting to share information that I had learned. And, um, and then now it's what I do. It's, it's just crazy. It's, it's, it's really cool though. We live in in an amazing time where you can turn, I mean, I know it sounds so cliche. You can, you know, chase your passion or live your passion and chase your dreams but you really can and if it's something that you're doing anyway just finding a way to make it maintain itself I think yeah and and with technology I mean you can do anything I mean there's a girl on Instagram that smashes bread with her face and she's got like a a huge following it's crazy
1: world full of talent isn't there
0: yeah Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, but really, you you do provide a much uh, more um, functional and useful and, and, and inspiring uh, skill set than that. But yeah, that's uh, it's incredible that you didn't set out to do this, and here it is growing like crazy, and and that's really exciting. And and so, what does the future hold for homemade wonderlust?
0: So I am this summer, as we were talking about before, going out to fill in the fire closures from the PCT. And then after that, I think I'm going to feel pretty good about what I've hyped in the U S as far as like real long trails. I might do something like the the Florida trail or um, even maybe the long trail at some point, but definitely I really would like to do the Florida trail because it's going to be so different. Um, um, And I mean, who doesn't want to see like alligators and water (laughs) moccasins, you know? Um, But, But after that, um, after the the PCT this fall, I'm going to do the Camino de Santiago and I'm still not exactly sure which route, but I'm doing that with my sister and that's in Spain. So that'll be my first, um, international type backpacking trip. Now it's quite different. I'll be staying in hostels and getting to drink wine and eat real food. You know, you kind of hike from town to town more or less, but, um, but my 19 year old sister, she, you know, I didn't, I don't have children, uh, right now. I'm, I'll be 33 next month. And so my much younger siblings are kind of like, the children I don't have, and I didn't get my passport until I was nearly thirty years old. So it's kind of like I want more for them, you know, kind of the way a, a parent would, I guess. And so I'm so excited to be able to take her on a trip. And she isn't necessarily one to want to do the full-on wilderness experience, but she would do something like that. So um, getting her out there and and having somebody to share that with will be will be really cool. And then after that, um, my next international type thing would be the the TA in New Zealand that's something that I really mm-hmm. want to try. So I think I'm going to start broadening some horizons there, but I'm not going to just stop with backpacking. I think, um, doing something like floating the Mississippi would be really cool. Or even some, some bike trips also. So especially if I start having some kids, I'd love <laughs> to be able to,
1: to adventure the with
0: them and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would. It's uh, getting married and having children is, is one of those things that um, you know, you can't go, you know, I think next year in June I'll go ahead and and have some kids or what, well, you know what I mean? It's not like something you you really you can plan for, but it doesn't necessarily happen like you want it to. So, uh that's always been something that I would I would like to happen, but it just kind of hasn't yet. So, it is what it is. But It
1: is what it but, is. Yeah. No, yep. that's uh that's cool. Now, I, we talked to a guy who's done I think two of the three triple crowns and a bunch of the l- really lesser known through hikes like uh the Great Amer- no, the Great Plains Trail and then the Oh yeah. the one that goes cross country in the northern part like of the country.
0: The North Country Trail? Yes. Or... Yes. Okay.
1: He did that. He Was and, his and, name Strider? Strider. Yeah, we talked to him yes! a couple weeks ago. And uh
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, he said the Florida Trail was his, was his favorite.
0: And really? I was like,
1: what? How is that, that possible? Is so... He did the Pacific Northwest Trail and everything. And I was just like, man, what are you, what? I said, why? He's like, I guess it was just so, so uh, unexpected, the, the things you would see. And, and, and yeah. it just totally blew my mind. And I was, I don't know. I, I feel like he was lying to me, to be honest. <laughs> or just, you know, wanted to say something really out of the box. But I
0: don't know we're all kind of self-loathing like all these people that that do things like we do and make ourselves suffer I'm like what is wrong with us actually you know so I, so I think <laughs> right. the ones that the the areas that that you suffer the most seem to be the most rewarding or something you grow from them mm-hmm. the most so maybe that's what it is I don't know but <laughs> I, I,
1: I think it's uh you know you expect a place to be really good and it is and so it doesn't surprise you but when you expect a place to be terrible and it's actually pretty good, the sway in that expectation that just blows your mind. you know what I'm saying.
0: That is because I would makes, never
1: hike the PCT and expect it to be terrible. I would be like, this was going to be epic, and yes, it would be. the Florida yes, Trail I did that... not expect that, and if it was, <laughs> I would be pretty shocked.
0: <laughs> right? No, that definitely makes sense. that That makes a lot of sense. the The PCT I expected it to be absolutely wonderful. Um, I knew it would not be like my experience on the appalachian trail because there were so many firsts out there and just the whole thing was new in general the first Mm -hmm. hitchhiking first trail magic etc but uh the pct man it it put a whooping on us in in 2017 just all of the snow high snowpack and then uh and it's going to be the same this year it seems like but uh and then all the fires and then the snow again before i finished and i was like i'm done with you you know but um, So I'm excited to get out there this summer and uh, see some of the areas again and hopefully do some trail magic for the thru-hikers and just kind of come to peace with the PCT and, and tell it I still love it, you know. But, uh, yeah, so that's – yep.
1: Well, this is this is great. Well, I, I really appreciate you being on and taking some time. I'm sorry that I yeah. did not um, organize a, a very a clean flow in the conversation. I just –
0: hey i think it's great we just kind of started having a conversation i I feel like that's you know better sometimes anyway it's more natural rather than than bullet points anyway so yeah it's all good
1: well jessica thank you so much for joining us and uh i'll let you know when this comes out
0: thank you i appreciate it
1: yes ma'am see ya
0: all right bye
1: well first of all thank you so much for listening to this episode it really means the world to us that you want to spend your time with us If you'd like to help us further, please just leave us a review on iTunes, share us on social media, tell your friends about us. You can become a patron, a supporter of the show for $5 a month at patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. And if you know somebody that would make a good guest, reach out. We're always looking for good adventure and outdoor stories. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now athletic brewing makes the best non-alcoholic craft beer go to their website at athleticbrewing.com and use the code in our show notes to save 15 percent on your first order after all this adventure talk if you're needing some gear yourself but you need some advice before buying go to backpacktribe.com where you can ask questions to the owners who have experience with all the gear as well as all of it for sale right there on their website